love. Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 46. I hope you are staying safe and well wherever you are. My thoughts are with everyone in Australia who has been impacted by the recent floods, especially small business owners and families and people who are struggling anyway. Communities and individuals will need support for a long time to come. So if you can, please buy from businesses in those areas that can deliver to you to help them get back on their feet, but also donate where you can to Red Cross. So go to www.redcross.org.au. And shout out to Byron Bay resident and PR maven Odette Barry, who you may recall uh, was on the podcast last year. Odette has been using her Instagram for good to raise awareness of what's happening in her community and sadly what isn't happening also on the ground and how we can help. So just a shout out. I know there's a lot of other things happening in the world and be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Okay, on to today's episode. Today, we're talking to Maddie Avery, who is the founder of Birdcage Marketing, a holistic digital growth agency for lifestyle brands based in Queensland. Maddie and I have a lot in common, which is why I think I gravitated towards her when I saw her on Instagram a few years ago. She's a straight shooter, just like me, and I wanted to get her on the show to talk about what she does. So she grew up on the northern beaches of New South Wales, where I'm from. She's also a self-confessed businessaholic. Uh, she lives and breathes marketing, and she also has did a massive sea change a few years ago like I did as well. So we definitely have a few things in common. But I think the, the biggest thing is that we are so driven to help business owners make smart decisions with their marketing, you know, what to focus on the big picture, but also who to trust, because there is a lot of people out there that sadly I'm seeing this more and more, taking advantage of small, biz, small to medium business owners who aren't fully across of when to start Facebook ads and how to get that working for their business. We we talk about that today. So we cover a lot of topics like the working mum juggle, mindset, paid advertising, you know, given that Facebook is challenging so much right now, where else to focus, what she's seen working and red flags to look out for when, when working with an agency. So it's a really important conversation that I hope you take the time to listen to, to help you make better decisions when working with agencies, if you're ready. And I think you're going to love this episode. So enjoy. Hey, Maddie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure. We've been chit-chatting on Instagram DMs for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. We run in the same world, eco brands. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've definitely been busy the past like year, I'd say. Yeah, I think since the beginning of 2020 is when things have really ramped up. We've been in business since 2015, but yeah, I was done having babies at the end of 2019, so that makes a big difference. Yeah, how old are your kids? Five and two. 
Oh my goodness. Wow, the two you see still in the trenches. Yes, I'm very lucky. I have a lot of help. We have a full-time nanny now, so oh my God. I know. <laughs> yeah, she was my daughter's family daycare mum since she was four months old and then yeah. she decided she wanted to shut that down and so I approached her and said, would you like to just look after my daughter and my son when he comes home from school? That is amazing. We've I just did a podcast episode last week on how to work less and mm-hmm. talking about outsourcing is one of them. And we never talk about outsourcing what's in the home, you know, meals, laundry, kids. We've only just hired someone on a Tuesday. She's only for four hours, but it's really amazing. Yeah, it is. I'm like, my thing is always, where can I outsource? Like, where am I needed the most? And then what am I not needed in? And I'm not needed in ironing. I'm not Mm -hmm. needed in my lawn maintenance, in window cleaning, Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm needed as a mother, but like, well, yeah, but there's like dinner, there's, yeah. you know, school pickup as, as much like we love to yeah. do those things, but I don't think it's talked about enough and then we're going on a tangent already, but that's yeah. okay. You know, that if you want to grow and if you are an ambitious woman, you, there are uh, barriers that are in front of us mm-hmm. and you've got to choose if you're going to remove them or not, like, yeah. cause you can't do both. No, you have to figure out, like, what are you prepared to sacrifice? And, I mean, I always sound like a villain saying time with my kids. I'm willing to sacrifice that to a point if it means that I can do what I, what makes me happy and what I can do to then show up as my best self. Yes, and what makes them happy at the end of the day? Seriously, like my daughter, she she's on, like, this Montessori homeschooling syllabus and, like, doing, like, our nanny is a better mother than I could ever hope to be. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that either. No, no. Because some of us weren't put on this earth to be arts and crafts mum. Mm-hmm. You know, we have got different strengths and that is totally okay. Yeah. That's so sure. cool. So she's at home doing preschool. Well. Kind of. Kind of. She's not preschool. Well, we call it kindy in Queensland. Yeah. But she's not kindy age yet. So, yeah, but her development has just been amazing even since the beginning of the year since we've been, she's been doing one-on-one. Like they went out to a farm yesterday. Like it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. And they end up loving doing those activities more than like hanging out with boring mum. Like I find I'm then, you know, doing cleaning, folding the laundry and they're like, come play with me. And I'm like, yeah, I've just got to finish this. And that's not cool for anyone really. No. Ah, the struggle that's a whole other podcast isn't it yeah <laughs> and I noticed on your bio that you said that you're a self-confessed business oholic and I can yeah. totally relate to that yeah. do you have to like pull yourself back into check like do you have to rein rein in the brain yeah so I could easily I haven't like I've only been in business since being pregnant or having kids so I don't know a life outside of Like, I don't know what it's like to own a business without having family demands as well. But I reckon I could easily just disappear into the office 16 hours a day and absolutely love it. Yeah, I think I'm kind of the same. Do you ever think what would have the world looked like if I had started my business pre-kids? Like, it would be world domination. (laughs) It would, but then I also feel like those early years, especially when my son was very much at home, he didn't start daycare until seven months and then it was only one day a week for a long time. I became so efficient and I could literally, I used to always say, I'm doing what I used to do when I was employed in five days. I'm doing it in one day, having my own business and 
only having that time. Yeah. So it teaches you exceptional time management. That's true. That's true. Mm. So what's happening with the business now? So you've got the digital marketing agency, Birdcage. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about what's been happening in your agency, your growth. You've got a studio. Give us an update. Yeah, we were like a four-woman team for about four or five years. And then 2020 hit, I was able to focus. I started working with a business coach. And I guess COVID was kind to us as well because a lot of people were starting businesses and they needed our help. So we were able to scale think we've like doubled year on year for the last four years so that's revenue profit and team and client base so like kind of everything has kind of scaled up which is it was a wild ride no one tells you how challenging growth can be Mm -hmm. and especially with your mindset like your only limit is you and like if you feel like you're at a limit right now you need to think it's like it's your subconscious telling you that this limit exists because in reality, there is no limit. So you just kind of, you need to push past it at every new level. But yeah, at the end of last year, I bought a 200 square meter warehouse here in Mackay. And we are in the middle of fitting it out to become a multi-purpose creative space, which is the first of its kind up here. I know there's a lot down in Sydney where I'm from and in like the Gold Coast and Byron and all those creative hubs, but there's nothing like that up here. And Mm -hmm. I crave that and I know a lot of other people do. So that's where our office is currently on like a top mezzanine level. Then downstairs, it's a beautiful fit out is going ahead. My sister's an interior designer and she's like nailing it. And we have a couple of meeting spaces down there, but it's eventually going to be like a an event hire space as well for other businesses. That's so cool. It's funny yeah. you, you say that because one of my friends is looking to do the same thing here on the Central Coast. It's not Sydney. It's not Byron or whatever. We're kind of in the middle, mm. but there is so many, might be the same with Mackay. There's so many ex-city people leaving the city and planting themselves in beautiful areas like where we live, but mm. there isn't that creative hub and especially for women to bring women together. Yeah, for sure. That's so cool. It's I mean, I think like Central Coast is very much metropolitan compared to where I am now, (laughs) but it is, I think COVID did see a lot of people moving up. Like I know house prices have gone up here Mm. for the first time in a long time. Yeah. It's just, there seems to be this like surgence of a lot of e-com businesses, a lot of creative businesses who need the support. And I'm really proud to be able to like bring all of those businesses together in a sense. Yeah, for sure. So you work with a lot of lifestyle brands, so e-commerce lifestyle brands. What does that mean to you? Because I feel like it's a term that we hear, but we don't know what it actually means. It is. We needed to find a word to sum up for our own marketing, to sum up the types of brands we work with. Because whilst we used to work with everyone, we really have focused on what our strengths are, and that lies in the lifestyle space. So I think I have looked up exactly what a lifestyle brand is, and it's basically a brand that people choose to buy from to like fill their lifestyle choices so like an aspirational thing well kind of it's kind of like you know a lifestyle brand is if I guess fashion's an easy one to use for example like I'm choosing to buy from like a brand that sells like organic linens because I identify and that's the type of person I want to be as opposed to a brand that's like really colorful and artsy like that's mm-hmm. not the type of that's not how I see my identity I yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's like yeah identity that's exactly what it is we're, we're yeah. seeking 
brands that match our brand values, our yeah. aesthetic, who we aspire to be. And also where I think more and more now, it's where your product is coming from too. Like For sure. who is who is creating that product? I've just bought myself a second Bon Maxi purse and I've got a Bon Maxi handbag. And I thought to myself when I was pulling it out yesterday, how nice it was to see every day looking at something that I know an Australian woman has brought to the online world and, and how proud I am to put my money towards those brands. Definitely. I guess that kind of falls under. And the whole purpose-driven thing, is that sort of come under that yeah, banner it as does. Well? I see it as like people like actively choose to buy from like slow fashion brands and sustainable brands because they identify as being someone who cares about those things as opposed to people who like rightly or wrongly it's you know it's all everyone's choice but they might buy from a fast fashion brand where trends change all the time and they see themselves as someone who's really up with the new trends yeah so like to put an umbrella on it we classify lifestyle brands as mum and baby, parenting in general, fashion and accessories, health and wellness, pets and travel and to a point like real estate as well a little bit but that's kind of its own area of marketing. So I think mm-hmm. I, pr- I think I got Home everything West? right then. Home, duh, that's like my Home. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's Home. interesting. Yeah, and like you say, today's consumer is making decisions very intentionally so it is the perfect time for small to medium female founded brands to speak that story that makes them unique because anyone can create a candle, anyone can create, what else did we say, like a fashion brand, but it's the story that's going to attract that customer. It is. More. And like, it's actually not enough to not have that story behind you and not have those values because there is so much choice and competition, especially COVID saw a lot of people starting businesses, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you can't start a business in the candle space, for example, which we know is highly saturated, but you need to have, I think that's why like the booby candles have done so well. Like I feel like there's a lot now, but when it first came out, like that was a real lifestyle choice to have a naked lady candle as opposed to just like a Palm Beach smelly candle, you know, Mm -hmm. that that's a real saying like, I'm choosing that kind of a product because that's what I, yeah. Yeah, and it becomes less about the actual product and what the product stands for in your customer's life, like feminism, empowerment, body positivity. Like this is where, you know, marketing and branding is so exciting because you can take something that everyone's doing but wrap a story and a brand behind it and it Mm. turns into something so much more exciting and compelling. Definitely. Yes. So what do you see that's working for e-commerce brands right now? So your agency, I guess we should chat, like what kind of work do you do? You do paid and strategy and is that yeah. Like, yeah. So we call ourselves a holistic agency. Again, what does that mean? <laughs> it, another term is like full funnel. So yeah. if you think about what your marketing needs, we can help with pretty much all of it. We traditionally have worked, worked in like a launch space and a growth space. So launching a lot of brands, I feel like the business has naturally developed into focusing a a lot heavier on growth and performance marketing and like actually raising your bottom line. So I feel like that's where we're leaning into at the moment. But what comes with that is we look at your website when you first come on board and say, okay, we need to fix this before we can even start paid ads. So we can help you with that. Then we look at the top of funnel, which is usually the paid ad section. We can help you with that. 
Then we look at your middle of funnel, which is like organic socials and email marketing. We can help you with that. And then again, conversions comes down to your website again, which we can help with that as well. Mm -hmm. So like what we try and do and how we try and report, I think reflects our approach the best. We're not necessarily reporting on each individual platform. We're reporting on what your whole funnel is delivering on the bottom line because marketing like platforms on their own just won't cut it pretty much. Focusing on one and not 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 a, a selection. Yeah. 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 Which we'll get to. The integrated marketing strategy, a little bit of yeah. everything, but not everything as well, which is yeah. just to make it more confusing for yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's working now and what's not working in your experience? Facebook ads are a real challenge at the moment. And I know a lot of brands have felt that there are two reasons for this. It's that number one, the Apple iOS changes, which I thought everyone knew about, but obviously this is my world. And so I know about this, but basically... At the end of 2020, I believe, Apple released a update which allows people to opt out of being tracked by um, marketing platforms like Facebook ads, for example. What that means for you as a business is that where you used to be able to follow people around if they left your website and didn't buy from you, you could retarget them with ads. We actually have no idea what they're doing after they leave the Facebook platform. So unless people have actively opted into being tracked, I have but a lot of people haven't, then we can't retarget them in the way we used to, which means we can't deliver personalized marketing like we used to through the Facebook ads platform. So that's kind of, Facebook has done a lot of work and we've figured out as well ways around this, but it's different to what it used to be where you could literally scale a brand new business on Facebook in three months. The other reason why it's become more difficult is that, as I said, there's a lot more businesses on the platform. So it's become your budget isn't getting as far. So you might be spending the same $20 that you were spending three years ago, but it's only getting seen by half the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is working then is using Facebook for what it's good at, which is finding new customers and then putting them into your funnel so then the rest of your marketing can do that nurture work. So that means then looking at your organic social medias and your email marketing. There is um, something that we have been working on the last few months. Pinterest reached out to us directly at the end of last year and I feel like it was a little bit of fate because it looked like a bit of a spam email to me but the sender's name was Maddie and so I took notice of it and actually read the email and it was legit. Pinterest actually reached out to us to partner with them to test out their paid ads platform in a really like quite an aggressive sense so we've started doing that and we've been able to get some really outstanding amazing like old Facebook ad wow. style results coming through that's interesting yeah I know that yeah Pinterest in Australia they did a lot of like grassroots reaching out stuff last yeah. year I got con- contacted so many of my clients got contacted yeah about trying out their ad platform and I think you know I wish like that next step connection can happen because I know a lot of people dabbled in it mm-hmm but, you know, what, in your experience, what kind of funnel do we look at? Like, what's that path to purchase that Pinterest can provide that Facebook no longer is? So in the past, we looked at Pinterest as purely a traffic generating mm-hmm. platform because what we found is people scrolling on Pinterest weren't necessarily in buying mode. 
but they were like in curiosity mode. So they'd yeah. click through to your website and then we'd leave it to Facebook to do the retargeting. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of switched now. Like okay. it's kind of Pinterest can retarget people through their platform. And what we're finding is actually that like organic Pinterest, people in Australia are spending a lot more time on that platform. They're really enjoying it. And I feel like it's because it's free of like maybe political viewpoints mm-hmm. and all of the other rubbish that we get thrown out through Instagram and Facebook. It's kind of like like I look at it as a place for me to just bliss out and pin my dream home and relax. And so I think that's why people are then engaging with ads a lot more because if you're showing someone, if they're looking for their dream home on like dream decor on Pinterest, then your decor brand is exactly that style. They're going to go, ooh, ooh, this looks good. This yeah. is a nice chair or something. They'll click through to that. And then they're actually like bringing a piece of their Pinterest board into their home through your brand. Mm. So we are looking full funnel on Pinterest. It is kind of different how we optimize as we did with Facebook. You have to be really careful with that. You have to actually touch it less, which is something that mm. we have to, like what we found the best results is if you stick in your ads up, don't touch them for two weeks mm-hmm. as opposed to two days, which is what Facebook was was telling us. That's so, good because then you can actually get some good data from it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, we might have to get you back to talk more about Pinterest. Well, yeah, I need. we need to kind of run a few more ads on it yeah. as well. <laughs> we're, we're, we're finding like B2C, so business to consumer brands are doing really well, e-coms. We are testing it with our own agency to see if B2B, how that works as well. Yeah. Well, I mean – if I need to find a quote for something or get inspiration when I'm putting a mood together, a mood board together, I love Pinterest for that. I actually find yeah. the content so fantastic on Pinterest. So for a service-based business, it, that's, that makes sense. And, yeah. you know, it's visual. It's a visual platform to research and get inspired. So e-com, mm-hmm. so it could be perfect for both worlds. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And are you, you're moving into TikTok as well? Yeah, we are. So with TikTok ads, we've given this a go with our own brand. The platform itself on an organic level is still really young, and but that's really good for organic. So if anything, I'm, I'm going to tell brands right now, get onto TikTok right now because it's what Instagram and Facebook were at its beginning. Mm. I feel like we've actually like, if I wish we got started on TikTok 18 months ago when I first joined the platform, but there is still a lot of opportunity for brands to break through there. Their ads platform, because it is such a new platform still, it's still in its infancy stages. It's a minimum $50 a day ad spend, which is quite expensive for a lot of businesses. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of no rhyme or reason yet yeah. is what we're finding. So we are happy to give it a go for brands that are that understand that. We are yet to see the results that we can pull through from Pinterest, though. So that's why we're leading into that quite heavily. Cool. Yeah, that's right. You need to go in there with eyes wide open. If you're a brand that's bootstrapping and you're not yet making sales, getting runs on the board, perhaps don't try Facebook, I mean, TikTok advertising yet. Concentrate on your marketing. I mean, your Mm. organic marketing. But if you're a brand that's well established and you have the budget to be curious and Mm -hmm. be daring and try new things, then it sounds like there's some good results to be had there. So when working with an agency, one question that I get a lot, and you know, it's sadly it comes from bad experiences, 
And I'm sure you've heard that before from clients that come to you after being burnt. Like, what's some advice you can share with listeners about what to look for when hiring an agency or when should they look to hire an agency? Yeah, this is 100% something. It's actually one of the biggest obstacles we have Mm -hmm. in signing new clients because marketing is so unregulated. Like, literally a uni student can be like, I can build websites and start throwing a Wix site together for you, which actually ends up doing nothing for your business. Mm -hmm. But like they can charge the same amount as what we're charging for a website. There's no one monitoring this. There's no one telling them that they can't. So, and it's the same with Facebook ads. I feel like there's so many, I like to call them marketing bros. Sorry, Mm -hmm. uh, that's a little bit sexist, but uh, hey, women can be marketing bros as well. (laughs) I find that they may have been able to scale a business back when Facebook it was pretty easy to do that. And now they're all of a sudden growth hackers or growth yeah, marketers. I hate growth when, hackers. Yeah. Damn, when, I hate it. Right? And it's like <laughs> all that they're really understanding is the tactics. Yeah. But the tactics don't work unless the strategy is solid. And that is strategy is my, my jam. That's where I love to work. And like for someone I've marketing is the only job I've ever done. And it's the only thing I ever studied. I did two degrees at uni for it. Like I literally was not going to do anything else. Mm, I haven't except done marketing. anything else either. Yeah. 21 years, like, same thing. Yeah. I still get pumped by it like because it, it's limitless and it's yeah. exciting. But yeah, the bro, the bro marketers fa- focusing on tactics. Like if you've ever gone to YouTube, like how to grow my email list or how to, you'll see like 2,500, no, 250,000 email subscribers on $1, you know. That's mm. marketing bros or bro marketing yeah. for you. And, yeah, they're focused on tactics, but tactics change, as we've yeah. seen with Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's, we're looping back around to talk about things like strategy and foundations, like people that you and yeah. I have been banging on about for many years because we've, we know marketing. Yeah, exactly. And your tactics, as you said, tactics change depending on what the platforms are doing and platforms are always changing. But your strategy actually should rarely change unless your business is pivoting or evolving. Yeah. So, yeah. Or you're like broadening your product range yeah. or stripping back your product range. And, and yeah. I think that's, that's important to acknowledge as well that businesses change and, and your marketing. Yeah, if you, if you aren't clear on the marketing strategy, when those changes happen internally and externally, it's much harder to adapt. Yeah, for sure. So... Back to your question about mm. what to look out for. Because it is such an obstacle we have, we actually have developed like a free download, 14 things you must ask your agency I before hiring. Because I actually am blown away at the questions that I don't get yeah. asked on discovery calls. And like, luckily, I only ever have our client's best interest at heart. But I do worry that if, you, if you're on, if some of these clients are on the phone to the wrong person, they could absolutely be taken advantage of because mm. they're not asking the questions around who is your team? Who is going to be managing my campaigns? Where are they based? I can't tell you how many agencies say they're local, but they actually have a complete offshore team. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with using offshore, but people need to be need transparent to that. around yeah. that. Yeah. They And a lot of clients don't find this out till it's too late, till they see their ad copy live where it's very clearly been written by someone with English as a second language. Exactly. And I've seen that on whole websites. Yeah. You know, yep. and, and, and the then direct, creative direction has been completely lost in translation too. So mm-hmm. it's a different vibe on the, on yep. the website. Mm. The other thing that 
I wish I got asked a lot more was is about my credentials and about my education and my training and experience and our accreditations as well. So we work really hard to make sure the platforms that we're working on, if they have accredited partner programs, we are on that. Like mm. we are part of that. The reason for that is that, first of all, it instills trust for our clients, but also we get literally spoon-fed the latest yeah. updates that we need to be doing for our clients, Absolutely. which if you're not in that flow of things, you're missing out on that and you can't do that for your clients. I think that's probably the most the, – oh, the other thing is like what are people's experience and what is their specialty? So, And this comes from someone who was a mar- – I was a generalist marketer for years in the early stages of my business. And I will hands down tell you that I didn't get the results that we are now getting where we are purely lifestyle specialists, where mm. this is literally what we do day in, day out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the days of generalists kind of over. Yeah. And it's something to be wary of that if you're working with an agency that's smaller and if they're saying that they service everybody in the world, like, you know, service-based mm. businesses and e-com, it's something to think about. Yeah. Because, you know, if they ask splitting their time, the same goes with business coaches or marketing coaches. If I yeah. said I did services and e-com, I know I wouldn't be doing my e-com brand clients justice because there's just too much to know. You can't know that that, that for much. Sure. <laughs> for sure. And I think that's why we had that split with launch and growth for so long because we we will still work with service-based businesses if it's like websites or initial branding or like that foundational work because we can as long as they want what we're like the vibe that we're giving off we're happy to work with them but we have a flat no like we're not working with coaches we're not working with software as a service providers we're not working with service-based businesses when it comes to actually scaling their business Mm. because like we've honed our focus in e-coms yeah yeah and there's plenty of people out there that can help them with that the other thing that I wanted to add about you can tell I really care about this. Red but, flags, yeah. Yeah. So I know a lot of people are then tempted to hire freelancers because it seems cheaper. Mm. And I think when you're at like bootstrap stage, startup stage, if that's all you can afford, then find yourself a brilliant freelancer and get them to help you get to that next stage. But if you're a business that is like ready to scale, avoid trying to work with freelancers that either say that they they can do it all or like if you're trying to pull together your own marketing team that can it's very doable it can be tricky though Mm. what I find with freelancers sometimes is that because you're working with that one person directly especially in times of COVID if they get sick if they have a family emergency if something like that happens your projects get dropped no one else is there to pick up those pieces so whereas like when you're working with an agency if someone's sick, then if their agencies run well, then your campaign should go on as normal because everyone should be across that project. Yeah. I also find that when you're in that growth phase, like going from small to really growing, is that if you've got multiple freelancers, it's very hard to control the cohesiveness of the messaging and the impact of the campaigns. And you end up not managing one marketing campaign because you're dealing with three different people. you you met, you know, you yeah. saying it across three different people who have three different interpretations. So yeah, yeah com- communication. I guess that in, that's a bonus for working with a good agency is that you communicate it once, and mm. hopefully it's done done well. Yeah, mm, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So I know you talk about an integrated marketing strategy. 
Why don't we talk about that for a little bit? What does that mean to you? That is integrated and full funnel. I feel like they're kind of saying the same thing, but Mm -hmm. what it basically is, it's not relying on a single platform to grow your business. I know brands where back in the day, they did grow their whole business through Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't diversify or integrate their campaigns, they would be really feeling it now. So the idea is it's kind of like an investment portfolio. You wouldn't put all of your savings into one stock. You would spread that out across like a few different areas. And that's how I see you should be investing in your like revenue sources. So what we like to do is definitely spread like spread the spend across a various paid ads platforms if it makes sense for your business though. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in trying platforms seeing like give it three months at least and then making an informed decision around if that is the right platform for you for some clients we've completely ditched facebook ads and we're doing google and pinterest ads Mm -hmm. for other clients we've ditched google ads because we're like no one's searching for this i don't even know this product kind of exists so it's like and that's only at the top of funnel then you have to get to your middle of funnel of actually nurturing your your customers and that's where your organic socials come in and your email marketing. So making sure that you are spending time on those platforms as well. So by integrated, it's literally like integrating all the different platforms together. Yeah. And I know for some listeners who are, they're still trying to nail the basics, like still trying Mm. to nail Instagram, still trying to get their website going, you know, launching products, you know, that sales funnel sounds very daunting and complex, but It's not like you have to do all the marketing, pull all the marketing levers every step of the way, especially for small to medium businesses, like focus on one to two things at each point of that sales funnel. So one to two ways you could potentially reach more audiences and get that traffic to your website. Focus on the mid mid funnel, which is your conversion stuff. So nail your email marketing at the bottom. Keep on nailing that email marketing. It's, um, you know, like you would know, it's one of the most effective digital marketing strategies there is, and you can do a little bit yourself and see some good results, unlike Facebook ads. Yeah, I love emails. Like one of our growth strategists, she's been banging on about emails for years, and I've kind of like always treated it as the poor cousin because oh. it's just never, <laughs> it doesn't have like, it's not as sexy as the paid ad stuff. We can be like, look at this return on ad spend, holy, like, but. We, we are working with this client who at the moment, they had an unethical market to scale their business previously. They lost access to all of their accounts. And so they've come to us to pretty much start again, but we have to like regrow this multi-million dollar business mm-hmm. in a couple of months. So it has, it's been hard, but what I've loved about it is that I've gotten back into the strategy side of things and I have firsthand now seen the power of email marketing, which is bringing in pretty much like 40% of their revenue now. Whereas yeah. before they were really reliant on Facebook ads. Yeah, totally. Well, that's it. So, it's like you can yeah. either pay for your sales with paid advertising or, you know, nurture and build that relationship and do it via email. And it is daunting for people who are yet to, and I find there is so much mindset garbage around it. Like mm. I still get asked in Ecom Grow Strong, my course, like, should I have a pop-up? Because I've heard that people don't like it and I don't like it or I can't email my list more than once a week because I get annoyed by it people will unsubscribe like yes there's still a lot of mindset stuff around that they can be easily overcome yeah you have to think so an unsubscribe rate of 0.5 percent per email 
is totally normal and totally fine. And what I always think as well is if people are unsubscribing, they were never your target audience really anyway. Like if they don't want to hear from you, then they're probably not going to buy from you again anyway. So you might as well cleanse that and focus on bringing in people that look forward to receiving your emails. There are a few brands that I subscribe to. I open every single one of their emails and they're literally just talking about their products all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm not even interested in their like lifestyle content. I just want to see what new products they've got because I love that brand so much. Yeah. With the funnels being daunting, there's one thing I want to mention. We call it a minimum viable funnel. So MVF. And what that is, that's about starting your funnel. So just literally like three steps. So that might be run some Pinterest ads get them to your website to sign up to your email list, then email them and get them to buy. Like those three steps is all you need to start with. And then as your business starts to grow, as your understanding of your customers start to grow, that's when you start adding in like special retargeting ads and start segmenting your list to high and low engages. And like you don't need to start with the world's biggest funnel. You need to start with the smallest funnel and then build on that as you see the leaks come through. Yeah. And I think the more that I guess where I see is that people, are, you know, women with small to medium businesses are still so caught up in that Instagram world. They're still real. And I was talking to Kate Toon about this yesterday in a masterclass and someone else again this morning that they're still focused on hashtags and likes and real views. And really, you know, what you and I probably want to get across is there's so much more to build in an e-commerce business than Instagram. So taking that mindset shift, being brave, looking at other things while still, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on in Instagram, but don't hang your hat on it you know we've got to move past it at some point don't define your self-worth on it like yeah, or your business you know, yeah. worth. yeah if you're on tiktok i'm on so with tiktok the algorithm is so advanced that when you start engaging with content it starts showing you more and more of that to the point that my tiktok feed is the complete opposite of my husband's who's all about golf mm-hmm. mine is about spirituality and marketing and what all the tiktok experts are saying is that Instagram is actually like kind of a dying platform. It's still, I believe it is still relevant. So if this is how I would think about it. So you know how we're all on Facebook? Now, then we went over to Instagram because we're like, "Mm, my parents are on Facebook. I don't want to be on that. That's what Gen Z is now doing. They're like, I don't want to be on Instagram. My parents are on Instagram. I'm on TikTok now. So you have to be like, think about where your audiences are. Mm. We are straddling across both TikTok and Instagram and I mean a little bit of Facebook but like because that's where our audiences are sitting and so I encourage you like yeah start playing around and just look elsewhere yeah yeah love it oh such a good chat so let's you touched on your TikTok feed spirituality and marketing which I wanted to ask you about something that you're working on that's coming up around mindset and marketing what's happening there So we are super excited. This is actually the first time that I've announced it publicly. But this is the exclusive scoop. But (laughs) we are launching an app as part of our services at Birdcage. So the idea behind this, we've had an idea of a membership or a course on our minds for a while, but we never really found the right way for us to deliver the content that we want to deliver. And when we kind of settled on the app idea, it was 
kind of perfect because the way that we like to work with our clients, obviously marketing, like that is the vehicle that we use to grow our clients' business. But if our client's mindset isn't right, and I, Lisa, I know you'd be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. If the mindset isn't right, they could throw thousands and thousands of dollars at their marketing, but it's not going to perform because marketing alone does not grow a business. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to create an app that is literally like our marketing brain in their pocket, but then there is also a very heavy mindset focus And that comes through in the forms of trainings that we will also be offering alongside our marketing trainings. But there's also going to be like trackers on there, which track not just your daily sales, but it tracks your stress level. It tracks how often you're showing up on your socials. It tracks how often you're meditating and journaling and doing all the things that we like to prescribe. And then the idea is you will then see a correlation between your high sales days and the or high sales weeks and that the weeks that you spend a lot of time doing your self-care and focusing on your mindset because high vibe weeks 100 there you go because you said it's a tagline high vibe weeks exactly high high sales yeah so that's (laughs) kind of the thinking behind that there's also going to be like monthly live q a calls there is going to be a community like a facebook group but it's inside the app alone we can interact with me and my team and other business owners on the app but yeah the idea is like really short digestible trainings that you can pretty much do like if you're watching the kids in the bath you can maybe just watch like a five minute training thing template library all of that so awesome so it's kind of like next level podcast really like a learning podcast yeah 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 Yeah. it's just we wanted to go further than what the value that we're providing on socials Mm. so we wanted to be able to go a little bit more in depth and control the delivery of like the order in which things are delivered as well. So that like, because the idea, it's meant to be for startups right through to people that may be doing, you know, 10K sales months. It's kind of that stage before you're like really ready to go to a growth agency, Mm. but you still need the advice and like you still need the help in order to actually get to that point in the first place. So we want to make sure that like there is foundational content, but there is actually going to be some pretty advanced stuff in there as well. Yeah. Sounds so cool. Can't wait to see what you do with it. When do you think it'll come out? We are filming our initial trainings in the next two weeks and then it's going to be at the mercy of Apple as to how long it's going to take to get it approved. But we have an expressions of interest page up on our website. So if you want to be alerted and there will be special, like special foundational memberships with bonuses and stuff. So the way to get that is to sign up to the list. Nice one. How exciting. Thank you so much for joining me today. That was a really good chat. We could definitely nerd out about all things marketing for a while. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the e-commerce marketing society podcast. If you want to keep getting juicy marketing goodness into your ears each week, hit subscribe. So you don't miss an episode. And be sure to please leave a five-star review on iTunes so I can keep sharing all this good stuff with you. Until next time, keep taking those big or baby steps. I'm cheering you on every part of the way. Mm